0: ¿Estás cansado de oír siempre lo mismo y escuchar la misma canción una y otra vez? Pues te damos la bienvenida a los podcasts de Autentia Desarrollo, donde os acercamos las mejores charlas técnicas de la comunidad. Conferencia Agile Spain 2017 The Eight Stances of a Scrum Master by Barry Overem Uh, Good morning. First of all, uh, thanks for having me at this uh, great conference. Um, We're going to start right away with a warming up exercise. And you guys are involved in that one. Um, I think it's not allowed to bring drinks or coffee in there, so that's good for this exercise. Uh, So please put away your laptops, devices, stuff like that, and stand up. I've done this exercise with 20 people, and they told me that that really is the max. So I was like, okay, let's give it a try with 700 people, or more or less. Um, let me, we're going to start very simple. But I'm going to say left, you take a small step to the left. And when I say right, you take a small step to the right. Yeah. Yeah, ready? Okay, let's give it a try. Left, right, right, left. Okay, that's good. So what we're now gonna change, when I say left, you move to the right. When I say right, you move to the left. Yeah, so let's give it a try. Left, right, right. Left. Oh, that's really good. Okay, we're going to create an extra dimension. So, left stays right and right stays left. That's the same. But now when I say name, you're going to shout out your name. And when I say clap, you just clap your hands. Yeah? So, first, left. Give, let's give that a try. Name. Clap. Cool. Okay, so here we go. Uh, right. Right. Left, clap, (laughs) name, that's good. Okay, so now we are also going to change that one. So when I say clap, you shout out your name. And when I say (laughs) name, you clap. Yeah? Okay, here we go. Um, Name, Uh, left, (laughs) right, Uh, clap. That's cool. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Uh, Thanks for your help. So now I know you can also do this exercise with more than a 100 people. So that's cool. Uh, A bit more about me. We've done that one. Uh, Yes, Scrum Master for about eight years. In total, I've got uh, experience of 17 years working in IT environments. I think the first eight, nine years, uh, mostly as a project manager pretty clueless what kind of approach I was using, and started experimenting with Scrum about eight years ago. Um, Two and a half years ago, I became a Scrum trainer at Scrum.org, since then giving quite a lot of uh, Scrum trainings, um, facilitating quite a lot of uh, workshops, also with the technique liberating structures. If you are curious what uh, what it is about just contact me afterwards. Those are techniques to help you facilitate uh, uh, workshops, trainings, meetups, etc. cetera. Um, I've got the habit of writing blog posts, uh, quite a few, uh, about one a week, one blog post a week, maybe two a week, something like that. Um, and I think that's also the reason why uh, you get invited to speak at seminars, because when you write blog posts, people... No way to find you, and then they will invite you for cool seminars like this one. Um, that's about me. Uh, my goal with the presentation is to invite you to reimagine the, or reimagine or maybe reconsider the Scrum Master role. Um, if you are with, if you are familiar with Scrum, then it's a, uh, quite a, a a popular role, but it's not really fulfilled in a proper way in a lot of organizations. So what I would like you to do is just reconsider or reimagine how the Scrum Master role can or should be fulfilled within your organization. And because of that, I created an agenda, and it's a pretty simple agenda. I like simplicity. Uh, The first part of the presentation will be the misunderstood stances of a Scrum Master. Uh, The second part will be the preferred stances of a Scrum Master, um, and I changed uh, the 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 title of the of the, the workshop. I think I changed it two days ago, and I added a third part. I think you didn't even know it uh, that I changed it. I, I added a part change leader. So originally my talk was going to be about the stances of a scrum master. It still is, but I added a third part, and it is uh, the scrum master as a change leader because I think it's quite an important. Uh, part to do as a Scrum Master. So you guys get a bonus feature. So I am curious how I'm going to do it time-wise, but let's see. But I am start talking very fast, then you know that I'm uh, catching up a bit on the agenda. Uh, so let's start with the misunderstood stances of a Scrum Master, Then I'm going to stand a bit over here because if I'm standing over there, then I'm looking into the light, so this is the place where I'm going to be. Um, and This is the first one. This is the Scrum Master as the Scrum Police. And I have to say, most of the misunderstood stances of a Scrum Master have some kind of goodness in themselves. So the Scrum Police is not entirely wrong. But the main problem with the Scrum Police is, this is the Scrum Master who is really rigid in applying the Scrum Guide. This is a Scrum Master that has read the Scrum Guide multiple times, and if you're not acting along uh, the Scrum Guide, they're doing it wrong, period. There's no discussion about it. So the Scrum Police doesn't have any feeling for situational awareness. So let's give an example. The Daily Scrum has a time box of max 15, uh, 15 minutes. The Scrum Police really cuts off the team when a time box of 50 minutes has passed. No matter how good the conversation was that they were having, if it's 50 minutes, then we're going to stop the daily scrum. And, of course, when your development team exceeds the time box of the daily scrum every day, then, of course, you should maybe just make a statement and say, okay, this is 50 minutes, we're going we're to stop the, uh, the daily scrum right now. But when they're having a good conversation, and, and normally they just stay within the time box, and let it go. You only will get um, uh, you will only get to, into troubles with your uh, development team if you are really rigid, living up to the uh, to the Scrum to the rules of Scrum. The second one is the hero, and this still is one of my biggest pitfalls being a being a Scrum master. Uh, the hero, I have a background as a project manager, and to make it clear, these stances that I'm going to share with you are based on my own personal experience as a Scrum Master. In the, in the beginning, I wasn't that successful as a Scrum Master, so it's a pretty easy story for me to tell, because this is just me as a Scrum Master. And having a background as a project manager was really good in being the hero, because one of the first things that I did when I became a, a Scrum Master, I created an impediment board, Uh, I made the agreement with the team that when they had a problem, they could write it down on a sticky note, uh, put it on my impediment board, and then I was going to fix it. And the team really liked it because I was busy all day long. And the team also had some kind of a, a game between themselves, like let's time box how much time it takes for Barry to fix this problem. So we just write down problems on the sticky note, put them on the impediment board, and I was going to fix it. But in the end, I wasn't really helping the team with it. Management liked it. Management liked this role because they were accustomed to the project manager. And this was really close to the project management role. And the Scrum Master role tend to be not really that tangible. But doing it like this, having an impediment board, having all your impediments on it, was really for management it was really tangible what I was doing. I was fixing impediments. So I was useful as a Scrum Master. So I get a lot of compliments, like Barry is such a good Scrum Master, just look at his impediments board. But in the end, I wasn't really helping the team. The third one, and this, th- this one doesn't really have any goodness in it, is the team boss. When we started out with Scrum uh, within my organization, um, the director said, okay, it's fine. You can start up with your own Scrum team, but I want you to be the team captain slash Scrum Master. So you are the one, uh, if, it's, if it's going good, you will get the credits. And if it's going bad, then you will, get, uh, you will get into trouble with me. And as a team boss, I was also responsible for, let's call it hiring and firing. I was also responsible to determine who's going to get a salary increase. And on the other end, I was trying to be a scrum master. Combining a team captain or team lead or team boss role together with a scrum master role really is not going to work out. Because as a Scrum Master, you want to create sort of a level of trust with your team. And being a team boss and being responsible for salary increase of who's going to be hired or fired, uh, then you're not going to create that level of trust with your team. So in the end, after a couple of years, we got rid of the team boss and I really became a full-time Scrum Master. This is the chairman. And the Scrum Master, as a chairman, really leads all the Scrum events. It's really about the Scrum Master as a chairman to determine when the Scrum events will happen, when uh, topics are going to be discussed, etc. You're really leading the, the Scrum events. And again, for example, take the Daily Scrum. The Scrum Master as a chairman during the Daily Scrum is really the one who's pointing to people to allow them to talk. So people are really giving status updates to the Scrum Master. And to be clear, during the, during the Daily Scrum... The Scrum Master doesn't even have to be present. It's up to the Scrum Master that there is a daily Scrum and it has the desired outcome, but it's up to the development team to do the daily Scrum. So in the beginning, I was really leading the daily Scrum and people just giving status updates to me. And maybe let's combine it with this one. I was also taking a lot of notes. So during every Scrum event, I was taking all the notes on what was discussed with each other, and then I would create a fancy report out of it, send it to management, and management was like, yeah, man, Barry is in control. Look at all those reports. He really got a good grip on, 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 the, on the team. So that's also, I already jumped to Describe. The Describe the is really taking notes through the Scrum events. I think the biggest pitfall of this One was during the retrospective. During the the sprint retrospective, as a scrum master, I was the person who was writing down the improvements that the team agreed upon. And maybe just a question to you: What is the biggest pitfall if you write down as a scrum master the improvements for the team? They won't do it. They won't do it. Yeah. Who told? Who said it? Yeah, they won't do it. Yeah, exactly. Because they won't do it because you wrote it down, so you own it. The one who writes it down, that's the person who really owns it. And that was also the feeling that I, had, uh, that I got during the sprint, that I was always asking the team, did you uh, already think of the, the stuff that we agreed upon during the, uh, during the retrospective? It, was, it were my improvements, not the team's improvements. So, nowadays, you just do it around, uh, the other way around. I still attend the sprint retrospective, but then I just ask the team, okay, guys, those are all great improvements, but how are you going to make sure that you're going to work upon it during the upcoming sprint? So, just turn it around. This is uh, pretty much becoming reality. There's a, yeah, sort of a Atlassian logo over there. Uh, so this is the, the administrator and in some organizations you could say that the one that has the most rights in a digital tool that probably is the Scrum Master um, and it used to be for me as well the case um, I'm not really a big fan of digital tools but I've worked with them and in the beginning I was really the one who mastered all the workflows um, and I think it was a couple of weeks ago I read a tweet by some company that's mentioned over there. You can even get a certified, you can even become a certified JIRA administrator. So it's quite an achievement already. And I'm not really anti all those kind of tools. But as a Scrum Master, you should just always be sure that you uh, that you won't become the bottleneck and that the tools are used for the right purpose. And not that using a tool becomes a goal in itself. And the team really gets stuck in the workflows of a tool. The secretary. And also this one has a good part in itself. Because the secretary might be aware of when it's someone's birthday. And it's perfectly fine. Um, But being a project manager, I was also still responsible. Let me correct it. Being a former project manager, when I became a scrum master, they... Um, ...expected of me to do the planning for the team. So when we started out with Scrum, we had a spreadsheet with all the team members. And as a secretary, it was my task to make sure that everybody was planned on the right tasks. So I had a calendar with all the projects that we were doing... I I knew, of course, all my team members, and it was just my task, my duty, to make sure that all the team members were planned at least for eight hours a day on a project. And again, I needed to create a report out of it and send it to management. So it was quite a horrible task to do as a Scrum Master in the beginning. And this one, the coffee clerk. And just to be clear, there's nothing wrong with getting coffee for your team, but it shouldn't be your main job as a Scrum Master. So, in short, these are the eight misunderstood stances of a scrum master. Being a scrum police and really rigid to the scrum guide, being a hero, fixing all the problems that might not even be problems for a team, uh, taking notes during all the scrum events, creating great, great reports out of it, sending it to management, being the secretary, managing the planning for the team, really planning team members on all the different projects, to ensure resource optimization, being the coffee clerk, getting coffee for your teams, really leading all the Scrum events, uh, being the administrator of the tools the teams are using, and really being the boss of the team. Basically, this was how I fulfilled the role in the beginning. A question to you, when you fulfill the role like this, what might be the biggest pitfall? What might be the result for the team that you are a Scrum master of? There, sorry? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's another one. One more? Um, Could be, yeah. What I've noticed is that the result is you will end up with a team with almost no self organizing capabilities. Because they're used for the fact that you fix it. As a Scrum Master, you're the, you are the one solving all the problems. You're the one who, who's really managing the team in the wrong way. Um, also, the team won't own the Scrum process. And of course, as a Scrum Master, you are responsible for managing the Scrum process. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't involve the team. Uh, always involve the team with setting up the process. Otherwise, they'll just be doing Scrum for you. They do Scrum because as a Scrum master, you're so enthusiastic about Scrum. But they're not really enthusiastic themselves about Scrum anymore. And you end up with Zombie Scrum. That's what I try to visualize in the bottom part. So, Zombie Scrum is a concept on itself. And Zombie Scrum on the surface, it might seem Scrum, but it lacks the beating heart of working software. So, a zombie scrum team does all the scrum events. They do a daily scrum, they do the sprint review, they do the sprint retrospective, but during the sprint review, they never have uh, anything done to show to the customer. They might even don't know who the customer is. The sprint review, they only do the sprint uh, review when they have something to demo. So, the sprint review becomes a demo, not a sprint review anymore. The sprint retrospective, they only do it when they have time. Actually, they don't have any drive to improve, and a zombie scrum team also doesn't really have any fun anymore. They're just doing scrum because, I don't know, someday someone uh, had the idea to start using scrum, and that's it. They don't even know why they're doing scrum anymore. So we've noticed that a lot of organizations have zombie scrum teams nowadays. That's not really a good development. So, therefore, I created the eight preferred stances of a scrum master... And it took me quite a long time to get there. But so you could argue that earlier I mentioned the, the hero. This is the other side of the coin, the impediment remover. And a question to you: What is your definition of an impediment? When is something really an impediment that a scrum master should should fix? What is an impediment? Yes. Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. That's one part, something that's impossible to fix by the team itself, yeah. And what is the other part, on the second part? Where is it really an impediment? That is, uh, stopping from providing value. Yeah, value, yeah, yeah. I'm more searching like when you do a sprint planning, you have a sprint backlog, and the sprint backlog is fine, but what is the... Why are you doing even a sprint? What is an instrument that might help you to define the purpose of a sprint? The goal, goal. yeah. So the impediments that a Scrum Master should remove are things that are blocking the team in achieving the sprint goal and it exceeds the self-organizing capabilities. So sprint goal, self-organizing capabilities. Those are the two topics that you should have in mind. And in the beginning, when I was acting as a hero, I was just fixing all the problems for the team, no matter if it was relevant for the sprint goal and no matter if they could solve it themselves. So my job became a bit different. We still had the impediment board, but it was a team board. There's just problems that we should fix as a team, and some problems were the ones that I would fix, maybe a product owner that's not available or maybe stuff that's more deeper in the organization, and other problems, I would just help the team fix it for themselves. So my days also became a bit uh, less busy. I think this is one of the uh, most important senses. The Scrum Master is a facilitator. And on this big screen, you probably can read what's in there. Quite often when I use a flip chart, people can't read it. It's the T, the I, and the A. If you connect it to Scrum, what does it stand for? T-I-A. It's an advanced group. Come on, guys. Yes, transparency, inspection, and adaptation. So a Scrum master, on one hand, should facilitate the Scrum events. That's fine. But on a deeper level, a Scrum master should facilitate transparency, inspection, and adaptation. And if you take a look at Scrum, what is it that you can make transparent with Scrum? Scrum. Question to you again. What can you make transparent with Scrum? What should you make transparent with Scrum as a Scrum master? Don't think too difficult. What is the main purpose of doing Scrum? What do you try to do with Scrum? Yeah. Yeah. Building increments. So as a Scrum master you should make sure that the product or the increment is transparent. And to give an example, during the sprint review, you should make sure that every sprint review, at least every sprint review, the inc- increment is really shown to the customer and inspected as a group, inspected as a, uh, everybody that's involved with the increment should really inspect the increment. If it's not transparent, you can't inspect it. So just to give an example, I've worked with teams that really had a bad sprint and they wanted to skip the sprint review. If you skip the sprint review, then you miss an opportunity to show transparency about the increment. And if you don't do it, you can't inspect it and you can't adapt it. So as a scrum master, you should always make sure that the increment is transparent. That's one increment. The other one is you should make sure that the product backlog is transparent. So the work that needs to be done. And the third one is, as a Scrum Master, you should make sure that the collaboration that everybody is involved uh, with, with building the product is also transparent. So, product transparent, product backlog transparent, and collaboration transparent. Those are the three areas that as a Scrum Master you should focus on. Because if you make that transparent, that gives you the, the opportunity to really inspect and adapt. And then the motor or Scrum will really start running. So as a Scrum Master, that is my, my main focus. The Scrum Master as a coach. A coach should coach on three levels. Coaching the development team, coaching the organization, and coaching uh, the relationships that the people have with each other between the teams. So a Scrum Master coaches individuals on, on behavior, on mindset. A Scrum Master coaches uh, the team in continuous improvement. And a Scrum Master should coach the organization in the collaboration they have with the team on three levels. Quite often you see a Scrum Master only acting on a development team level, but you should really act on three levels. The Scrum Master is a teacher, and like this quote, the art of teaching is the art of assisting discovery. Um, You should also explain Scrum to your Scrum team. Not in a boring way, make it also a bit fun, but really make sure that the team really gets what Scrum is all about. And mentor, you could say mentor is the other side of the coin as coach. A coach stays out of the content. A mentor, you give advice based on your own experience, based on the content. So it's the other other way around. And as a mentor, I can't be a mentor for all my team members. I'm a better mentor for other Scrum Masters. So as a mentor, quite often, I'm a mentor for Scrum Masters for other teams... And I make sure that I have a keen eye to notice who needs a a mentor in my team. So it might be that a back-end developer is struggling with some sort of a problem, and I know another back-end developer for a different team that already had more experience with that area, so I just introduced them to each other. So the Scrum Master as a mentor also makes sure that the right mentor-mentee relationships are set up within my team. That's my role as the Scrum Master, as a mentor. And for some people, based on my experience as a Scrum Master, or based on my experience with Scrum or with Agile, I can be a mentor myself. So I've got two roles in this part. always find this one a bit difficult to explain, because this is just a way of being, being a servant leader. Um, A servant leader is more, it's not about you. It's not about increasing your hero status. It's about making sure that the individuals in your scrum team are really uh, growing as people, helping them become successful. So as a servant leader, if you have a big ego, it might get in the way. So make sure you don't have a big ego in that part. So I like this quote as well. You can't make plants grow faster by pulling them. No matter, so you also, uh, patience is also a, a great characteristic of a servant leader. Yesterday I did a workshop about this one. The Scrum Master as a manager. And the quote is by Jurgen Apollo, No matter whether they are a manager or not, everybody should feel responsible for management. And that's also the fact of management in the Scrum team. The product owner is managing... The product, the development team is managing the way how they are building the product, is managing the way they are doing the work. And the Scrum Master, in effect is a manager as well. So, just checking the time. Yeah, we're quite good. Um, what is a Scrum Master managing? Can I have one example of what a Scrum Master should manage? yeah the process yeah the scrum process that's one so a scrum master manages impediments and managing it doesn't have then it doesn't don't mean that you are going to solve them all by yourself but you manage the fact that the impediments are being solved you manage the scrum process in such a sense that it's applied in a good way You manage the culture, although managing culture, I don't really believe you can manage culture, but you can influence the culture in such a way that it fits the team in in a good sense. You manage team health. Are all the people, that's more the servant leader part. And quite important, you manage the boundaries of self-organization. And Scrum as a framework in itself is a framework in which self-organization can happen. And as a Scrum master, you are responsible for setting these these boundaries, the boundaries of self-organization. So as a Scrum Master, just for an example, I encourage the team to use a sprint goal. Because if they use a sprint goal, they can self-organize in such a way to select a sprint backlog that they think is necessary to achieve the sprint goal. So as a Scrum Master, as a manager, I introduce the concept of using a sprint goal. Yep. I'm missing one more stance. Does anybody have a, has an idea of the stance that I haven't discussed yet. No? It's this one. And besides the facilitator one, I think the Scrum Master as a change agent might be the most important one. It might also be the one and a lot of organizations are thinking like we've got a bunch of agile coaches for doing this, right? We don't need to expect this from Scrum Masters. Well, actually I would say get rid of 80% of the HR coaches um, and make Scrum Masters do this part and let the agile coaches support the Scrum Masters in doing this part because the Scrum Masters have a far better position to influence the organization and if you haven't read the book by Geoff Watts, it's called Scrum Mastery, I would really encourage you to read it, the quote over there is from the book, Scrum Mastery And to me, it captures the essence of what a Scrum Master as a change agent should do. Um, It says, a good Scrum Master helps a Scrum team survive in an organization's culture, but a great Scrum Master helps change the culture so the Scrum team can thrive. And to me, that's what a Scrum Master is all about, influencing the culture in such a way that the Scrum team can really thrive. And therefore, as a Scrum Master, it's good to know what a Scrum-friendly culture is about. And to me, it's about these five elements. A Scrum-friendly culture, in my opinion, is a culture that values uh, team success and not individual success anymore. A Scrum-friendly culture is about uh, experimentation. And just to give you an example, currently... Uh, let's say a couple of years ago, I was working in an organization and I wasn't allowed to use the word experimentation over there because they were like we're a financial organization and in a financial organization we don't do experiments. We need to make sure also for our stakeholders that we can guarantee them that we know what we are doing. And with experimentation, we give them sort of the smell that we don't know the outcome. Although that was the reality we were not allowed to use the word experimentation. So that was one of the things that wasn't really matching with Scrum. With Scrum, you act in an environment of complexity and you need to experiment because you don't know the outcome. So as a Scrum master, there was some work to do in that organization. The other one is stable team composition. A Scrum team really needs a stable team composition because then you really people really get to know each other and, and you also really... Uh, it's easier to get up and running as a team. Um, and you want to reward behavior instead of achievements. You can game achievements. You can't really game behavior that you show on a daily basis. And the last one is, and it's a really big topic, but still a quite a big problem in organizations, you want contracts to be agile as well. Um, I've worked for a web agency for quite a few years and they were perfectly fine with us as a team working according to Scrum. But every Scrum project started with the fact that we had a fixed budget, we had a uh, fixed timeline, and also, that's the biggest problem, of course, we had a fixed scope. And they were like, be agile with that. Um, so, quite often in organizations when I'm really trying to change the way they set up contracts in the organization, um, because otherwise a lot of teams really just start from have a starting point where they can't really succeed. If you, yeah, if you still have the old way of dealing with contracts within your organization, then it's quite impossible to succeed as a Scrum team. So as a Scrum master, I'm also involved with financial departments to change the way uh, and with purchasing departments to change way to deal with contracts, but often that's not really expected of a scrum master because the misunderstanding is that a scrum master should really act on level one. Just be with your development team and that should be your main focus. But as a scrum master, you should also have a keen eye on the level two part, and those are the relationships that the Scrum team is having with other teams. You should also be coaching your product owner raise the relationship you have with your product owner. And the third part, that's where you really influence can try to influence the, the culture, is that you should have a keen eye for the for the entire system. So consider the organization as a system, and you and and that as a you should know the 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 consequence of the fact that if you have a product owner that hasn't really uh, got any uh, authority, or if you have a product owner that hasn't got any mandate, how does that impact, how does that influence your Scrum team? And then it's up to you as a Scrum master to try to change the fact that you have a product owner without any mandate. Just as an example. The good news is that as a Scrum master you are in a perfect position to change the organization. Because you are part of a scrum team and because you are part of a scrum team, you really know what's going on in that team but also in that organization and why maybe some things are troubling the team. So you can influence the organization from the inside out. From the perspective of the scrum team, you can have a chat with sales to do to sell maybe projects in a different way. From the perspective of a scrum team, you can talk to HR to change maybe some, uh, maybe change the, the way uh, teams are rewarded or maybe change the way individuals are rewarded. I mentioned earlier that one of the characteristics of a scrum-friendly culture is team success over individual success. Probably you need to have a chat with HR to change the way Uh, individuals are rewarded and shifted more to to the team as a scrum master it's perfectly fine if you have a chat with HR on that part and it might also be that maybe you need to uh, have a chat with finance as a scrum master talk with finance that resource resource utilization is not uh, the way to go anymore and actually I think A lot of this stuff that I'm mentioning right now is not expected in an organization from scrum masters. They're like, we have agile coaches for that. But quite often, I see agile coaches struggling with the fact because an agile, while a scrum master, tries to influence the organization from the inside out, an agile coach tries to do so from the outside in. Because an agile coach quite often is not part of a scrum team. And I'm not anti-agile coaches, to be clear, but we should get rid of the hierarchy That exists between agile coaches and scrum masters. It's just a different perspective. That's it. Agile coaches more outside in, scrum masters more inside out, and they should just collaborate with each other and not consider it like a next step in their career. But it's also, if you want to, in the beginning, I was calling, when I started my freelance career, I called myself an agile coach because I thought then I can get a, a higher salary, and it was true, I got a higher high salary, because they thought, mm, as an agile coach, you are better, or you have more experience than a Scrum Master, but it's just a, just a different perspective, so wrapping it all up, the Scrum Master is the change leader from the perspective of the Scrum team. And he or she can cause the necessary change from the inside out and should collaborate with other people, maybe as your coaches, who are trying to influence the organization from the outside in. And together, they can try to influence the organization in such a way that scrum teams really can, can thrive. And a scrum master should act on three levels, team, relationships, and the entire system. And a Scrum Master provides services not only to the development team, but also to the product owner and the organization as a whole. This is what a Scrum Master role is really about. So, my conclusion, if you want to succeed with Scrum, consider your Scrum Masters as the true inside-out change leaders. And with that, I would like to say, gracias. And hopefully, succeeded with my goal to reimagine or even reconsider your opinion about the Scrum Master role. Thank you. Good well, morning. Um, just one question, because uh, you introduced the concept of agile contracting uh, in the organisation. Sorry, you, you understand? Uh, you hear me? Um, no, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, you introduced it during the, the um, during the speeching the the concept related to agile contracting in yeah. the, in, in the organisation yeah. scope, but. Um, I think uh, how do you manage or or facilitate to deal with the the traditional restrictions like costs and and deadlines in time and and so many? Mm -hmm. I've got five minutes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's possible. (laughs) Well, actually, um, maybe just to share your brief uh, story. Um, When I worked for a web agency, we did contracts for external clients. Like I did a, we, we did a, a, a building a product for KLM or for, for, uh, for Schiphol. Um, what we used to do is that the customer would re- take a lot of time to write down what we thought of what we were going to build and uh, uh, give, a rough, give a detailed estimate. And, and then the customer would say, okay, we agree, start the project. And already after one sprint, we knew, ah, crap, we all had different insights and we need to change the contract because it doesn't really match our previous uh, expectations anymore. So what we changed is we stopped writing proposals and we just invited the customers. So let's say uh, Schiphol invited us to build a website for them. Then we would say, okay, great. But we want one day of your time. And during that day, together, we are going to create the product backlog. And together, at the end of the day, you get a rough estimate about how many sprints we think it's going to take to build this website. And it's up to you, dear customer, to determine the business value. Because otherwise we can't create the product backlog. And at the end of the day, uh, the customer uh, would uh, would get from us a very rough estimate to say, okay, at least you need to think of five sprints... And max, I don't know, eight sprints. And because we had a stable team composition, I knew that one sprint of our team was 40,000 euros. So at the end of that day, I could tell the customer with the knowledge that we have right now on day one, you should take into account at least five times 40,000 euros and max 80, uh, uh, five times, uh, or, and max. eight sprints uh, uh, multiplied by 40,000 euros. So that's the budget that you should take into account. And only after that, at the end of the day, we would sign the contract. And the contract really wasn't any more than mentioning those sprints and mentioning the rough budget. Some customers loved it. Some customers hated it. Because they were like, we can't... Uh, this is too rough we need a detailed we need a a, a detailed estimate on how much it's going to cost but the reality was and quite often the reality is you don't know the detailed estimate but in the end we ended up with customers who liked it and then we could really change the way of working yeah, and some customers we just had to say no to like if they this is our way of working if you don't like it okay go to a different web agency but this is, I'm telling you now in a couple of minutes, this took quite a few years getting there because this only really works when you've got Scrum up and running in your own organization as well. And you really need to have a foundation of trust and you don't have that foundation of trust in the beginning when all customers are new. So you need some, some starting points. Yeah, did it answer your question a bit? Yeah? Hi. Um, You were asking, you were saying uh, before about how a Scrum Master can manage uh, team health? Yeah. Well, what do you mean exactly? (laughs) Yeah, so team health, I mean. um, Manage team health. Yeah. That you have, that you are aware of how your team is doing. What is the, what is the morale in your team? What is the happiness in your team? What is the team? And then you can try maybe set up some uh, retrospective formats that really makes it transparent what the, what the health of your team is. Is the team struggling? Is the team going fine? That's what I mean with manage. Is that answering your question a bit? More questions? No, okay. Thanks, oh, yeah, no, Thanks. thanks.